tuning in to our Neighborhood Church podcast. Join us on Sunday at any of our locations. To learn more about our church, visit neighborhoodchurch.com or download our church app. Amen. To God of the universe, who's one who created all we see, it just screams out how awesome and amazing and incredible God is. I don't know if you saw the sunrise this morning, but the beauty of that warm sun, it's been cold outside, and to feel the warm sun on our face, it's just that reality of God who warms our life in so many ways. That creation screams out, and, and so will I. How awesome and wonderful and beautiful God is. He not only made all that we see and knit us together inside of our mom and created us, but he also provided a way to deal with our sin problem through his son Jesus. And, 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 and it doesn't stop there. He teaches and he guides and he helps and yes, corrects when needed, but he empowers us. He empowers us not to just survive, but to flourish and to thrive in life. You know, we're so glad that you came to join us today and to be part of our service this morning. And my name is Mike, one of the pastors here. And it's that, that sense of empowerment that we're going to talk about this morning as we continue in our study through the Bible book of Acts. Uh, the truth is, we are very attentive uh, and get this sense of empowerment all the time, especially if you have a cell phone. You have a cell phone? Yeah, pull it out. You know, and you can pretend to take notes on there when you're really just, you know, seeing if Taylor Swift has really arrived to the game. Uh, but there's an important, uh, there's important symbol on this. It's usually in the upper corner. It's, uh, it's how much power is left in your phone. Some of you even actually have a percentage that lists there. See, we're keenly, keenly aware of empowerment, especially of our, our, our phones or our other devices that we take with us. Anybody ever lost a call in the middle of a, because you've ran out of power? Yeah, a few of you have, yeah. First service wouldn't admit it. <laughs> but the truth is, you know, you're going along and all of a sudden, boosh, the power goes out. We, we understand empowerment. Uh, and, and, you know, it's a lot like, uh, like things that we, different toys that we have. Like, there's fun toy. I like this. I have his favorite toy. It's in my office. And it runs on power. It runs on a battery. And it's one of those little, you know, wavy. Oh, look at that. First service, he didn't do that. But he's standing up strong, and he's, sometimes he waves around. If I can get him to, there it is, poof. And now he's out. He's trying, he's trying. There, there it is. Oh, yeah, and then. Anyways, but it's, it's all kinds of ways that uh, um, we are empowered. I have this other toy. Are you going to still go? No. Okay, you're done. Yeah. Uh, I have another toy that's, that's uh, um, empowered. I, I, I um, charged it up this morning. It's my little uh, um, flying saucer. I know, isn't that cool? Come, come on, this way, this way. Yeah, this way. Um, but see, these things don't have power on their own. They need to be empowered to be able to work. And you kind of get the, the, the correlation that we're going to talk about, that, that, <clears throat> that we don't have power to really make it in life. And that's why Jesus gave us the Holy Spirit. Now, we can try to power life on our own, but usually that doesn't end up so well. But Jesus gave us the Holy Spirit. And when we come to faith in him, we, we give him the Holy Spirit, and he helps us, according to John chapter 14, verse 16. This, this third member of the triune nature of God will guide and teach 
and show us Jesus. His goal is to glorify Jesus, as John 16, verses 13 and 14 say. So we can follow Jesus and live life Jesus' way. And the Spirit indwells every believer, as 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20 talks about, described as Christ in you in Colossians 1, verse 27. Not only that, that he abides, he makes his home in us, according to 1 John 4, 15. And yet to be empowered, it takes life choices. Choices Philip made in Acts chapter eight, verses 26 to 40, shows us four choices to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. For making the choice to be empowered by the Spirit gives strength to power up Life And so let's look this morning into, into this about Philip, and we'll explain more about who he is if he just joined us in this series, but, but we, how he might be empowered by the Holy Spirit like Philip was in this certain instance in Acts chapter eight. But before we do, if you wouldn't mind, if you're able, stand to your feet, let's pray and ask God to, to challenge us. Lord, we know and we get this idea of empowerment. <laughs> we do it all the time with batteries and, and, and powering up our computers and, and devices, and, and yet, Lord, we need to be empowered by you. And so, God, I'm praying this morning that you would open our spiritual eyes and ears to what you might have us learn about being empowered by your Holy Spirit. So teach us and challenge us and encourage us and help us to gain for what you want us to this morning. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. You can have a seat, and I hope you take out your <clears throat> worship folder that uh, Lorena talked about inside there. Uh, there's a, a connection card. Again, that's so important to us. I love praying for you, and, and so if you put a prayer request down there, it goes to my office. It also goes to other places. Uh, if you want it confidential, there's a little box in the bottom there, you can, and it only goes to the staff and the elders. Uh, but I would love for you to put that, put it in the offering plate as it's passed. Steve will let you know about this faith promise card coming back. It's also inside there, but uh, turn it over, and there's a outline to fill out. There's some blanks to fill in. The answers will be up on the screen behind me. And as usual, <laughs> I give out a lot of extra verses. And I do that because, I, you know, I like the whole Bible. And, I did the, and, and all of it matches and goes together, and it's amazing. And plus, my hope and my prayer is that you would really delve into the, into the Bible. You'd open up and find these verses and, and read them yourselves and, and take that study in. But they're all here, and there's great questions in our uh, study guide. Our, our, a lot of our life groups use this for uh, study. There's some, some good links uh, you can type in, and all those links are found on our website. We have a website on there. There's a connection, or there's a section called uh, Revive, and in there there's all kinds of uh, helps. Also, a link to our podcast, which we do most each week where we delve into a little deeper. Well, all this Bible book of Acts, what we've been studying for the last number of weeks, uh, is called the Acts of the Apostles. It, it mostly is the Acts of the Holy Spirit, as Lorena mentioned. And, and then the Spirit has, has indwelled us and, and is coaching us and is empowering us and empowering them, and we've learned a lot about that. John 14, 26 says, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all I, Jesus, have said to you. That's the Holy Spirit's job. And we all have this Holy Spirit power available to us. We can't buy it. Uh, Pastor John last week reminded us that there was a guy named Simon who tried to buy the Holy Spirit. That wasn't a good thing. Uh, but we can't buy it. It's, it's given to us and then being empowered comes as we, we move forward, as we make these choices and Philip shows us what choices to make to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. For making the choice to be empowered by the Spirit gives strength to power up life. 
Well, these first of these four choices is to submit and be filled with the Spirit. If you have your Bible, open up to Acts chapter 8, and let's just start this, this first point looking at verses 26 and the first part of 27. It says, Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Rise and go towards the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. And he rose and went. This is a big shift in God's plan as we're going through the Bible book of Acts. This movement of Jesus, believing in Jesus and following life his way, was mostly Jewish people believing in Jesus as their Messiah. And it was tough to hear that that included Samaritans. But you remember Acts chapter one, verse eight. Jesus says, when the Holy Spirit comes on her, you receive power and power to be my witness in both Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and then to the othermost parts of the world. Now, these good Jewish people, believers that start saying, you know, we get the part about Jerusalem and Judea, and we don't like Samaria or the othermost parts of the world, but, but that's what's happening now. It's now moving, this movement of Jesus is now moving into the non-Jewish world. So the Holy Spirit moves Philip to head towards Gaza. Yes, the same Gaza that all this war is happening now. It was the last watering place before the road uh, through the desert to Egypt. Actually, Christy and I have traveled that road through the desert to Egypt. Uh, one trip we made a long time ago. It's not safe. I mean, we had armored cars with tank with guns leading us down that road. It's still, it was not safe then, it's not safe now. And, but Philip was asked to go somewhere that wasn't safe. But how did Philip hear and know and then submit to the Spirit's leading? One of the answers is that Philip was filled with the Spirit. So what does that mean? Acts chapter six, verse three, tells us that Philip was full of the Spirit. Therefore, brothers, Pick out from among your you seven men of good repute, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, to whom we will appoint this duty. Now that was talking about, if you remember, a couple of weeks ago we talked about that whole issue was this new church was growing, they needed some help, they, wanted, they were told to pick seven men who were, had good abilities and full of the Holy Spirit. So what does it mean to be filled with the Spirit? Well, in the Bible book of Ephesians, chapter five, verse 18, the apostle Paul gives us a little insight. It says here, do not get drunk with wine, that is debauchery, it's a waste of time, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now the word filled there is a Greek word, it gives you a word picture, to picture a sail that is filled with wind. It's full with wind. That wind directs, guides, and empowers. And that was the intent behind that word, to be filled, to be under the influence of the Holy Spirit, not hard liquor or wine or whatever to not be uh, filled because in that time and and in space in in Ephesus, part of the worship of pagan gods was to get so (laughs) crazy drunk that you were just kind of all over the place and had a spiritual experience. But what you really were, you were, you were, you know, having a drunken experience being under the influence of alcohol. So don't be under the influence of alcohol, but in the influence of the Holy Spirit. And that was the idea of this is that the, the choice is to let to be under and to let the Holy Spirit influence us where he is empowering us like a sail. Like I, like I've, I got this fun little, little balloon toy. Um, you fill it up, I'm gonna, I'm gonna empower this toy with my wind. <sighs> 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 
See, I work soon. This is fun. Ready? <laughs> or this football, subtle hint of who might win today, is, yeah, go Taylor Swift's team, right? You know, whatever. Uh, yeah, Swifty. More uh, 13-year-old girls are excited about football than ever before in life. Uh, but uh, this, is, this, this football is empowered. There's wind inside of here that makes it work, and you're gonna see that all over the field today, and whatever team wins, whatever. Uh, but it's, 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 it's empowered. We are powered up. Uh, that, that, that wind of the Spirit blown into us when we take in the Spirit's teaching. Like, like go, that's why we talk so much about studying your Bible. Because it's the Spirit uses that, that, that the great truths about God and about how to live life and, in, and, and, and we get that in there and the Spirit moves it in our life and whoo, it empowers us to live life. And that's why we encourage this. Uh, we, we talked about this, the devotional, and Lorena talked about in the beginning. This is a devotional. All it is is the word of God. It's just Bible verses there and then a method to go through and to understand to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's a SOAP method, S-O-A-P, Scripture, Observation, Application, Prayer. You can do that with any passage. We just made it easy for you as you walk, we walk towards the, the, the cross and, and Easter season. This devotional will help. I encourage you to pick one up and begin to go through God's word. But the idea is, design of that is to be interactive with the spirit so that the spirit will breathe into you the truths of God and so that you can be empowered like that sail but with the Holy Spirit under his influence. See, it's making the choice to listen to coach, the coach Holy Spirit. And, and, and this empowerment is different from indwelling. Indwelling happens when we come to faith. Empowering happens as you begin to listen to the Holy Spirit and interact with him. It's a choice of the will, saying I am ready to do whatever the Spirit says and directs. So the question is, are you making that choice to really say and submit to the Holy Spirit's teaching in your life? So how did Philip know it was the Spirit? Well, one way to know is found in John chapter 10, verse 27, 28, where Jesus says, his sheep hear his voice. See, as we grow in faith, we're, we're tuned more in to Jesus' voice. We fall in love with him more and can, can sense his speaking. We were at, yesterday, uh, we had the, uh, um, Almarania's kids, uh, Jericho and Jess were off at a memorial service and we were with the kids and we were at the park and I heard this little voice going, Papa. And man, my heart leapt. I knew exactly it was one of my grandkids. The reason I know is because I'm tuned in to their voice out of love and spent time with them. And I could distinguish their voice from a crowd because of that great love. We need to be able to have that same love of Jesus so much so that we hear the Spirit's voice speaking into our life, the Spirit of Jesus. Now because of, because of my, my human sin suit, my brain is all over the place. Oh, look, there's a squirrel. Uh, you know, it's, it's just, uh, and I need to seek wisdom because I have all kinds of thoughts going to my head. Woo, woo, woo. It happens all the time and I need to seek wisdom because sometimes I can think it's the spirit. It could, it could be something way different. And so I need to seek wisdom. That's why Proverbs 15, 22 says, without counsel, plans fail, but with many advisors, they succeed. And that's why we need godly men and women in our life to speak into our life. 
That's why it's always good to be in a group. That's why life groups are so valuable because we learn from those older and we can even learn from those younger. They speak into our lives. They have wisdom. Obviously, it's it's somebody who's who's godly who we sense their godly wisdom. And again, that's part of the submitting is asking for the input. We also can't be filled with the Holy Spirit if we're full of ourselves. And you know, pride has two ends. One is, oh, I'm so great and wonderful. My other one's, I'm so lowly, nobody cares about me, I'm more warm. That's still pride, it's just the other side of it. And then so we can get so easily full of ourselves. That's called quenching the spirit. First Thessalonians 5.19 says this, do not quench the spirit. Do not put other things greater in your life where you're under the influence of something else. And not only that, we can grieve the spirit when we outright sin, Ephesians 4.30. Do not grieve the spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Paul talks about this in Ephesians right in the middle of chapter four and chapter five where he's just listing a whole bunch of ways that we sin in life. And if you want to read it, read through that. And he says, don't, don't grieve the Holy Spirit by jumping back into the old nature, but be filled with the spirit So to be filled with the Spirit is to confess sin, to recognize our self-focused direction and actions and submit to Jesus as leader and Lord of our life. Saying, Spirit, please lead me. There's a great prayer for that asking of the Spirit and it's found in my most favorite psalm, Psalm 139, if you want to turn to there, you can, but you don't have to, I'm going to read it to you. To you. It's, it's, the whole psalm talks about how God knows everything about us, even knit us together inside of our mom, and it ends with this prayer. And the prayer goes like this. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. Actually, the Hebrew word for thoughts there is more like anxious thoughts, the anxiety we feel. Try me and know my anxious thoughts. Verse 24, and see if there be any grievous way in me. Grievous mean are we grieving the spirit with sin or are we quenching the spirit with being so full of ourselves we can't even hear the spirit. See if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. That walk in the spirit where he's leading and empowering us and filling us. So let me just pause for a moment. If you feel like it, you can bow your head and close your eyes, but I'm gonna read this prayer And you pray it along with me in your mind, not out loud, but just in your mind. And sincerely ask if there's any grievous way. But let me just pray this. You just pray this with me in your mind. And then we're gonna take a a pause moment for silence and let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Search me, O God. Know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts. And see if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Just take a moment of silence and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal any grievous way in you, quenching the Spirit or grieving the Spirit and then just confess it to God. Confess is is just simply saying, God, I get it, this is not right. Just take a moment. Lord, we want to be filled with you and we know we can't if we are quenching the spirit constantly or grieving you, spirit. 
Lord, may we keep short accounts with you. And many times pray that prayer to search us and to know us and to reveal to us anything that's grievous that we can confess it and then move on the way. Amen. To be empowered by the Holy Spirit is to be filled with the Spirit like Philip. It's a choice to submit. That's how we're filled. For making the choice to be empowered by the Spirit gives strength to power up life. Well, the next choice to be empowered by the Spirit is to choose to listen and walk by the Spirit. So go back to Acts chapter eight and let's keep reading on what's happening in this incredible story. Remember the, Philip, the angel told Philip to go to Gaza and he rose and he went. And there was an Ethiopian, this is the last part of 27, verse 27, and there was an Ethiopian, a eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure, and he had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning, seated in his chariot, and was reading the prophet Isaiah. And the spirit of the Lord, or spirit, said to, to Philip, go and join the chariot. So Philip ran to him. Now, we'll talk about the particulars of this Ethiopian official and the interesting circumstances of the moment because they're incredible. But how did Philip discern that this was the spirit speaking or implanting a thought? Well, simply, he was listening. He was in tune with the spirit and he knew it was him. Philip was attentive and anticipating. And for us, that means that we take more time to sit in silence, yes, confess, and yes, shed the worries, the, the quenchings and the grievings. And thoughts will come in. There'll be inklings. Now, now for me this year, <clears throat> I've sensed from the Spirit to draw into those moments to, to listen. I mean, I, I feel like since COVID, I've been kind of like falling forward. Yes, listening to the Spirit and some, and, and moving forward where I believe is, you know, following him as best as I can but I feel like I'm just so busy all the time. So many things to do. Now, everybody loves a busy pastor. <laughs> uh, and, but, but yet, I need to take time and make time to pause and to listen more intently. God gave me this verse, Isaiah 43, 19. I've shared it with you before, but it says, behold, I'm doing something new. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Now, I can tell you that Man, I, I totally believe God can make a way in the wilderness and a river in the desert. I've seen him happen in my own life. I've seen it happen here at our church. I get that. I believe that. The key for me is the perceiving of it. That taking the moment and really perceiving where the Spirit's moving and move. It's, 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 it's so difficult to try to understand that when you're always on the move. And you can't perceive how the Spirit wants us to walk in life if we're not listening now, if you believe in Jesus, you've come to that place in your life where you get it, you're sinful, and that sin holds you back from experiencing God and, and heaven and, and really fulfilling your great potential. You get that, and you know that Jesus came <coughs> excuse me, to deal with all of that on the cross. He paid the penalty on the cross, died, took care of sin, and all we need to do to benefit from that reality to break down the wall is to believe in Jesus. And many of you have done that. And when you do that, the Holy Spirit came to indwell you, to be right there next to you. And he is, guaranteed. It's not like you got left out of this Holy Spirit thing. All of us have the Spirit. 
And he's always speaking. He's always coaching, teaching, guiding, and directing. The key is, are we listening? Are we listening to what he's saying? Do we perceive that? You have the Holy Spirit, and he's always speaking. We just need to be attentive. Uh, Steve mentioned Tony Rodriguez. Um, he's been on a trip with Tony. Christy and I have been on, on actually, we went with Stephen and, and his wife, and, and uh, we, we went there, and, and all that, but I've also been on another couple of trips with Tony. But Tony wasn't always involved in missions. I mean, he was going to India's different places, but he was a youth pastor here before. And when I first came here, uh, <clears throat> he was wrestling with what he should do, whether he should go full-time and go to do India missions, taking trips of, uh, over there to do village evangelism and help with orphanages and all that kind of stuff, and, and whether he should stay as a youth pastor, because he really liked being a youth pastor. And so, uh, you know, we started talking together and talking about it, and it was really evident <laughs> that God was speaking to him, go and deal with this India thing. But Tony was a little resistant, and he's, he's going to be here speaking sometime soon, and I hope he shares his testimony a little bit more with that, because you can see how the Spirit is working on his heart. Because finally, he listened to the Holy Spirit, and he set off onto this incredible mission that's been lasting some 19 plus years, and he has seen hundreds of thousands of people come to Jesus because he listened to the Holy Spirit. I've been on those trips and I've shared Christ to whole villages and whole villages have come to Jesus. It's incredible. Tony was willing to listen, to be attentive to the spirit. The question is, are we listening? Now, yes, seek counsel. You know, because our minds sometimes think crazy thoughts and we need to seek counsel. But then to respond, to move, to do what the Holy Spirit says. That's what it means to walk by the Spirit. Galatians 5, 16 through 18 says this, but I say walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh for the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For, those, for these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things that you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. To walk by the Spirit is to live life Jesus' way. And Jesus summed it all up in, in uh, Matthew chapter 22, verses 35 to 40, where he says the greatest thing we to do, to love God and to love others. That's what we're to do. Not a system of works, like just following the laws of Moses, but with the heart choice of expressing love and surrender and submission to Jesus and Jesus' way of life, to listening to the Holy Spirit's coaching. And the Holy Spirit uses the words of God, uses the Bible. That's why that Bible study, the devotional, so important. And the evidence of this filling and walking in the Spirit is, is constantly growing in life, developing the, the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5, and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. In other words, you can't grow those qualities from just following a list of rules. They're, 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 they're grown by the Holy Spirit in you by being filled and, and, and by listening and walking in the Spirit. We are empowered as we choose to listen and walk in the Spirit. For making the choice to be empowered by the Spirit gives strength to power up life. 
So what's the Holy Spirit saying to you? I encourage you in those times of quiet, boy, write them down or put them on your phone so you can sense and remember what the Holy Spirit says to you. Another choice to be empowered by the Spirit is to surrender to the guide and be guided by the Spirit. Let's, let's, let's keep looking into our story here in Acts. So the Spirit says, go to Gaza. And there's gonna be Ethiopian eunuch there, uh, official, <clears throat> and go run up to his chariot. So verse 30. So Philip ran to him and he heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and asked, Philip asked the, the, the Ethiopian official, do you understand what you're reading? And the Ethiopian official said, how can I understand unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now, the passage of scripture that the Ethiopian official was reading was this. Like a sheep, he was led to slaughter. Like a lamb before the shearers is silent. So he opened not his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? for his life was taken away from the earth. Okay, so let me set this scene of what's going on, because this is all incredible. Uh, this mirac- it was, it was a, it's a miraculous orchestration of God the Holy Spirit. First off, this Ethiopian leader was a eunuch, most likely a castrated male servant, yet <clears throat> he loved God. Not fully converted, converted to Judaism, but, but saw God as the one true God. And, and sought to worship him, even going to Jerusalem. Now he knew he couldn't go into the temple because Jewish law, according to Deuteronomy chapter 23, verse one, prohibited a eunuch from going into the temple and really being part of the assembly. So he knew he couldn't go there. Maybe he was standing way away from the temple just saying, I just want to get an image of the temple to kind of get close to God. His heart was there. And what's interesting, the fact that he's reading Isaiah, is Isaiah the prophet had explained that God would make a way for the eunuchs and, and, and even the Gentiles, foreigners, non-Jews, like most of us, to be adopted in. That's found in Isaiah chapter 56, verses four to five, and specifically in Isaiah 56, verse six. It says that God is gonna provide a way for us to be adopted in. So at, at just the right time, at just the right place, just the right moment, Philip miraculously runs up to this official's chariot as the, as the official, this Ethiopian official, is reading Isaiah chapter 53. The section of Isaiah that talks about this suffering servant that Isaiah 53 really starts in Isaiah 52 that speaks of a savior who will deal with, for once for all, with our sin. Matter of fact, this is so good. You gotta, you gotta turn to it. It's, it's Isaiah... Um, Isaiah chapter 53, listen to this, starting in verse five, and and, and just think of Jesus, because this is what it's looking forward to from Isaiah's time. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him, the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his wounds, we are healed. All we like if sheep have gone astray, we have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. And then the exact verses that this uh, Ethiopian official read were verses seven and eight of Isaiah 53. Go 
coincidence? <laughs> no. It was, it was God orchestrated. And Philip was able to be part of it because <clears throat> he surrendered to the Spirit's guidance. Now, there's all kinds of reasons, <clears throat> excuse me, that Philip should have not run up at that moment. I mean, this guy's a Gentile, he's a eunuch, he had to run, uh, it was hot. You know, it was a very selfless act and maybe he was kind of going, oh, why am I going to do this, God? But he ran. And Philip surrendered to the spirit and kind of going, run, okay, I'm just running. And he was moving forward there <clears throat> with the spirit's power because he surrendered. That's one of the hardest things for us to do is to Surrender. I want my will, my way, God. I want you to answer this prayer my way. I want you to give me direction the way I want to see this golden path laid out and this flashing sign, go to Chicago, go to Chicago. We we need to surrender to the will of God. It's tough to be guided by the Spirit when we have so many agendas. We are to surrender to the Holy Spirit's guidance And much of that comes when we wait in prayer to make time, to take time, just to be silent. Silent before the Lord and interact with him. Asking him to guide, to speak, to teach, to convict even, and to reveal. Now our minds can hear all kinds of thoughts, so we need to test them. 1 John 4 One says, beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. Uh, The test is to see is what we're being communicated and what we're sensing from God is in line with Jesus and in line with the Bible. That's why 2 Corinthians 10.5 says, puts it this way, we distort arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. And here it is. And we take every thought captive to obey Christ. In other words, we, we, we hold it up to the word of God. Does it make sense? Well, <clears throat> I feel the spirit wants me to shun my neighbor. Well, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says to love your neighbor, whether they like you or do nice to you or, or in any way, just to love them. And we're to, to, to listen to the Bible above that and to take it to the word of God. If it's in line with the Bible teaching, great. If not, ignore it. Again, get input from other godly people. See, it takes a surrendered heart to the Holy Spirit's leading. So the question is, are we? When we are empowered and open to the guidance of the Holy Spirit, he teaches, he guides, he reveals. Yes, he convicts too. See, making the choice to be empowered by the Spirit gives strength to power up life. The Holy Spirit sees lining up all kinds of opportunities. So let's be open, surrendered to his leading. One last choice to be empowered by the Holy Spirit is to partner with the Spirit in glorifying Jesus. Go ahead and go back if you're in Isaiah 53. Go back to Acts chapter eight. <clears throat> now verse 34 to the end of our passage. And I want you to listen and, and, and see how Philip partnered with the Holy Spirit. And the eunuch said to Philip about whom 
you know, we read Isaiah 53. The eunuch said to, the, to Philip, about whom, I ask you, does the prophet say this, about himself or about someone else? <laughs> Here we go. And Philip opened his mouth and began with this scripture, and he told him the good news about Jesus, that Jesus is the one Isaiah is talking about, that he is the suffering servant, the one that hung on a cross and all the sin of the world was dumped on him. And he probably even mentioned that Jesus' last words were paid in full to tell a story. It is finished. Sin is dealt with and that all we need to do is to come to that place of belief that we're sinful and need a savior and it's Jesus. And he tells all this to this, this Ethiopian official. And the official, as they were going along the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, see, here's the water. What prevents me from being baptized? Because he understood that the idea of baptism was a life change experience. It's already happened in here. He says, now let me show everybody that I've made a difference. And he commanded the chariots to stop, verse 38, and they both went down into the water and Philip and the eunuch were, and, and, and the Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. Here's the crazy part. And when they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord carried Philip away. It, it, it literally means snatched away. And, and the eunuch saw him no more and went on his way rejoicing. But Philip found himself in Azotus and he was passing through, he preached the gospel in all the towns until he came to Caesarea. There's a little map here um, that kind of shows Philip's journey. He was back and forth from Samaria to Jerusalem to Gaza, then up to Azotus, and then up to Caesarea. Azotus is about 15, 19, 16 miles away from where he was in there. Now, I don't know exactly what happened. You know, I don't know where it's, you know, beam me up, Scotty. I don't know. What happened? He was there with the Ethiopian eunuch and now he was in Azotus and uh, whatever happened, but Philip partnered with the Holy Spirit to help this Ethiopian eunuch and others along the way as he traveled to Caesarea to help them understand about Jesus, who he is and what he's done for us. That's, that's the gospel message. Gospel literally means good news. Philip was following Jesus' teaching. In Matthew 28, 19, and 20, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you, Jesus says, and behold, I will, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. We all have a mission to tell people about Jesus, to partner with the Holy Spirit, to share and to show Jesus. The Spirit has a plan and is orchestrating events so that we are at the right place at the right time and he wants us to join in on what he's doing. So we need to ask and listen. It may be an inkling or a thought. It's us being aware and attentive and responsive. And much of the time, it will be to show the love and kindness of the Lord. And when the opportunity arises to tell about Jesus, 1 Peter 3.15, but in your hearts, honor Christ as... as, as Honor, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for the reason, for the hope that is in you, yet with gentleness and reverence and respect. Yes, learning some key Bible verses is good, but mostly just share our own story, how we came to faith in Jesus and what we're learning about life lived Jesus' way. Or whatever the Holy Spirit cues up for us, we are to present be, be present and to be attentive and to partner. Now, the Spirit may also ask us to partner in other ways, like in giving or in prayer or in serving. So the question is, how could we be 
how could we partner more with the Holy Spirit? Now, partnering on God's terms, not our own. That's where we tend to have an issue. We want God to do it our way. Again, we need to surrender. See, for making a choice to be empowered by the Holy Spirit gives strength to power up life. So, so, so what is empowering your life? The Spirit wants to fill and to guide and to partner with us. And that takes some choices on our part. He's already indwelling us if you come to faith. And now to be empowered, it takes submitting and being filled with the Spirit. It takes listening and walking in the Spirit. It takes surrender and being guided by the Spirit. And it's partnering with the Spirit to glorify Jesus. We're making a choice to be empowered by the Spirit. It gives strength, power up life. So we're not just surviving, but we're actually thriving. Will you pray with me? Father God, I just thank you for the story of Philip. Lord, how incredible it is. And then, Lord, it's so easy for us to get caught up in the, in the phenomenal, you know, the, the, these sensational things of the right time and the right place and Philip being transported to another place some 19 miles away and, and then all these incredible things, Lord. Um, but Lord, that, that same spirit lives within each of us. And we may not all experience miracles like Philip did, but we all can experience your guidance and your filling us and moving us and, and, and being at the right place at the right time. So God, begin to do that and continue to do that in our lives. May we be ever more sensitive and in tune, truly listening to your spirit. Guide us in that, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.